This morning when you came into the service, uh, the ushers would have given you uh, a card that looks like this and also a little pamphlet that says the Victory Bible Reading Plan. And if you don't have either of these, would you raise your hand right now and, and the ushers will come by and they'll get that to you. Keep your hands raised until you get both of these this morning. I don't know about you, but um, when I go to the dentist, one, I hate going to the dentist. I hate going to the dentist. There's this question that the dentist asks me every single time that I go to the dentist that I kind of dread the question that they're going to ask me. And the question is this, have you been flossing? And so the last time that I went, um, I, I was like all nervous, and the question came, have you been flossing? And I was like, I sure have been flossing. How many times a day have you been flossing? Three times a day. Three times a day you've been flossing. And they said, open wide. And I opened wide, and they said, have you been flossing? And I said, did I say three times a day? I meant negative three times a day. So they said, so zero times a day, zero times a day, you've been flossing. When it comes to flossing, I know I should floss. I want to floss, right? But when it comes down to it, I'd rather not. I'm not talking this morning about flossing, but what I want to talk to you about is reading your Bible. I know I should. I want to, but at the end of the day, sometimes I'd rather not. Over the course of these last couple of weeks, we've been talking about getting back to the basics, and we said, listen, in 2020, we want to be a people who make prayer our first priority, not our last resort. And we want to make, uh, we want to be a people who read the Bible so that we would think and act differently. And we want to be a people who live sacrificially so that we can give generously. And we want to be a people who engage in community so that we would learn how to love one another. Last week, we spent some time talking about why you should read your Bible, right? To satisfy your hungry souls. Peter says that we're supposed to be like these newborn babies who crave and desire and long for this spiritual milk. And, and what is that spiritual milk? Well, it's the unaltered Word of God. That's what Pastor Paula was talking to us about last week. It's, it's the only place that you're going to find nourishment for your soul. It's the only place that's going to satisfy nothing more and nothing less than the Word of God. And she said something that's really stuck with me. She said that, you know, when you, when you look at counterfeit bills, right, to know what's counterfeit, you have to study the original. That's huge. To know what's counterfeit, you have to study the original. You know, there is this phony gospel that's out there. And the only way for you to know what is true and of God is for you to study the original. It's for you to study the Word of God. 
We want to be a people who read the Bible so that we would think and act differently. Man, there, there are so many reasons why you and I should read the Word of God, isn't there? Reading the Bible helps keep us from sin. Reading the Bible gives us courage. Reading the Bible allows us to be certain of what God said because the Bible is our final authority. Reading the Bible helps us to discover our next steps. But these last two points are maybe the most important that I want to talk about today. Reading the Bible shows us God's character. And reading the Bible teaches us to imitate God. We want to be a people who would think and act differently because we are a people who read our Bibles. You know, most of us, when we come here, we, we love hearing the Word of God, don't we? Uh, we love to hear the Word being talked about. Uh, we believe in the importance of Scripture. We believe in the reality of Scripture, the power of Scripture, the truth of Scripture. You and I, we believe that Scripture is alive. We believe that Scripture is a weapon. But if we believe all of these things, then why don't we read it? I know I should. I really want to. But when it comes down to it, I'd rather not. Maybe you've said this before, man, I love Jesus. I want more of Jesus, but I don't have time to read the Bible. I'm just too busy to read the Bible. I mean, at the end of my day, I'm so exhausted. I'm just too tired to read the Bible. If you're like me, I've used this excuse a lot. I say this often. I'm a slow reader. I don't really understand the Bible. The Bible is too confusing, and the Bible is too hard to understand, and reading the Bible is boring. Or maybe you've said this, reading the Bible, there's just too much work behind that. When Lucas was about two and a half or, or three years old, um, uh, I watched Lucas while I prepare my sermons, and you'll know that if you have a toddler when they're quiet, it's probably not a good thing. And so I was working on, on, on a message, and I'm just typing away, and he's playing in the other room, and I can hear him playing, and all of a sudden it gets quiet. And I'm like, oh, no. And I walk over, and there he is in the bathroom, and he's got the sink overflowing with water, and this is Lucas, right? So... Uh, I brought him into the living room and I put him in the corner. I said, you're getting a timeout. Timeout's over. He's back to playing and I'm back to working. And all of a sudden it gets quiet again. And I'm like, oh man. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see him walking, just walking. And I'm like, where are you going? And he said, going to the corner, dad. <laughs> he disciplined himself. A lot of times when we hear this word discipline, we think of negativity, some kind of punishment, don't we? Uh, you know, Kobe Bryant, he will be forever remembered as an NBA legend. 
because of what he was able to do on the court. But the truth is, is that his legacy was a result of what he did off the court. He was disciplined off the court. What made Kobe great was that he was someone who was disciplined in his diet, disciplined in his exercise, disciplined in training before anyone even saw what he could do on the court. When the Pats beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, days after the parade, members of the Patriots were seen training for the next season. That's dedication. That's discipline. See, athletes are able to enjoy the game that they love because they are disciplined in the lifestyle that they lead, disciplined in their diet, disciplined in exercise, disciplined in game study, disciplined in things that may not sound so fun, but because of this discipline, it sets them apart from everybody else. Our women went to, to, to the IF uh, gathering over the course of this last weekend. I heard it was amazing. Smitha played a little bit of the sessions for me. That drummer, oh my goodness. She was phenomenal. Uh, the sessions were amazing. You want to know what IF is about? Being a disciple. Learning how to be a disciple. And then being encouraged to be a disciple maker. See, the word discipline comes from the word disciple. And the word disciple means learner. And so as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you and I are called to learn. And whether you like it or not, learning requires effort. It requires effort on your part. And I want to tell you that you need the discipline of opening yourself up to the Bible. And the Holy Spirit will open the word to you but it requires effort on your part. And so this morning, I don't want to convince you why you should read the Bible, but I want to challenge you with how you should read the Bible. For those of you who are having a hard time reading your Bible, I want to just tell you, you need to just make this a habit in your life. And I know some of you might say, listen, I don't want this to feel like a chore. That's not a reason not to read the Bible. At the women's retreat, Guy encouraged the women saying, read out of duty. Read out of duty. Just start there. Even if it feels like a chore, right? Just read out of duty because duty will lead you to read with a desire. And then when you start reading with a desire, it's going to lead you to read with delight. Sometimes it takes that duty. It takes it feeling like a chore for a little while before it becomes something that you're actually passionate about. If you find reading the Bible as a chore, I have some questions for you. How are you reading your Bible? What does your Bible look like? I want to tell you this morning, if you don't have a Bible, come and talk to me. I will get you a Bible. What does your Bible look like? L listen, is your font size too small on your Bible? That's a deterrent for you to, to, to go and read your Bible. And just recently, I, I went out and I bought a large print Bible for someone who needed large print. 
If the font size in your Bible is a problem, go and buy a Bible with large print. How are you reading the Bible? If you're having a hard time understanding the Bible, what version of the Bible are you using? Are you using the King James Version? We beseech thee, thou, O Lord, for thou art the great I am. I have nothing against the King James Version, but the language for us has become a little archaic for our time. But if you love the language, then by all means, keep your King James Bible. But if you have this King James Bible and you don't understand it, it's going to be a deterrent for you to go and read the Bible. And if that's you, then maybe you need to come and talk to me and come and talk to Smith or come and talk to Pastor Paulette. And we'll help you figure out what translation of the Bible is going to help you the most. Look at the English Standard Version. Look at the New Living Translation. These are much easier translations of the Bible to help you understand God's Word. So how are you reading your Bible? If you find yourself that you're just, you're too busy to read, then why not make an investment in a dramatic audio version of the Bible? Something that you can listen to in your car. Uh, who says that you can't listen to Scripture on your commute? Who says that you can't listen to Scripture in the car or on the train or on the bus or as you're walking to and from work? If you haven't already done so, you should download the YouVersion app on your phone or on your tablet. I mean, they have great reading plans available, and, and they have the audio Bible that's available for you to listen to. And this is a fantastic free resource that's available to you. So how are you reading your Bible? Do you have a Bible reading plan? Some of us may not be disciplined in the reading of the Bible because we don't have a plan. And so this morning we've given each one of you, this is a precious gift, the Victory Bible reading plan. This is a plan to help you get through the Bible in one year. And if you follow this plan, you will read a psalm and a proverb every day. You will read the Gospels twice. You will read the Old Testament in chronological order. And you can start it at any time of the year with this plan. And if you miss a day, you just restart. You don't have to try and play catch up. Just, just restart on whatever the day is of that month. And it's going to get you through reading the Bible. You just need a plan, some of you, to start reading and, 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 and getting through Scripture. How are you reading your Bible? Are you reading the Bible with some friends? Are you reading the Bible with somebody else? Man, I am so encouraged to hear that there's a few groups that have organically started here who are reading through the Bible together. And, you know, the more people that you read with, the more likely you'll get through a one-year Bible reading plan. And so this year, we've set up a number of leaders who are willing to walk with friends who want to read through the Bible together during this year. I mean, how, how exciting is that? How awesome is that? What would this place look like if we all went through Scripture together through this year? I mean, just imagine what this place 
would begin to look like. Maybe we would start to understand his kingdom come. Maybe if we all began to read together and through the course of the year, we would begin to understand his will being done in our lives, in our families, in our communities, in Glad Tidings Church. Have you ever experienced opening the Bible and getting nothing from it? Sometimes there are all of these distractions from the day that creep in and you have no idea how you're just going to sit through this. Or maybe the kids are screaming and going crazy and man, you just, you can't get your heart quiet. How are you approaching the Bible when you open it? As we read through scripture this year, I'm going to ask that you just pause before you open your Bible and ask God to speak to you. Ask God to help him, help you understand his word. Ask God to use his word to teach you. Ask God to use his word to direct you and maybe even redirect you. Ask him to use his word to help you know him and to love him. Jeremiah 23, 13 says this, You will seek me and find me if you seek me with all of your heart. God loves to reveal himself to those who will seek him. So I'll close with this this morning. The most important thing I can tell you about the Bible is the Bible is a book about God. Uh, the Bible is a book that boldly and clearly reveals who God is from page to page, from beginning to the end. The Bible is a book about God. So how do you approach the Bible? Most of us approach the Bible asking the wrong questions. We read the Bible and we ask this question, who am I? We open the Bible and we say, God, what should I do? And the Bible answers these questions in some places, but if that's all that we're asking, then we have this misunderstanding about the nature of the Bible. If we're saying, I'm going to read the Bible only to figure out who I am, if we're saying, I'm going to read the Bible only to figure out what I should do, if we're saying, I'm only going to read the Bible to get something today, it shows that I think the Bible is a book about me. It shows that I think the purpose of the Bible is to help me. It shows that I think the purpose of the Bible is to get me out of trouble. It's to comfort my broken heart. It's to heal my wounds. And if that's the case, then... Aren't we just like Moses who's standing in front of that burning bush? If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Here's Moses, and immediately in his view is this revelation of the character of God that is seen in this bush that's on fire. And this bush begins to speak to him audibly, and miraculously, this bush isn't being consumed. And now he's charged by God to go to Pharaoh and demand and release the captives. 
And Moses says this, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Who, who am I to even do this? And God responds by making himself the subject of the narrative. And God says, listen, Moses, I will be with you. And instead of being reassured by the answer, Moses asks, if I go to the people of Israel and say, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Moses is asking, he's saying, God, what should I do? God, what should I do? And now instead of telling Moses what he should do, God tells him what he has done. God tells him what he is doing. God tells him what he will do. This is what he says in verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me saying, I have observed you and I have seen what's been done to you in Egypt and I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt. Verse 18, and they will listen to your voice and you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and you will say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us and now please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we might sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and I will strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you will not go empty-handed. And so the dialogue just continues this way where for over an entire chapter, Moses continues to ask the wrong questions. Who am I? Who, who am I to do this? And he, and he says, God, what should I do? And instead of answering by saying something like, Moses, you are my chosen servant, and you are my precious creation, and you are a gifted and wise leader, God responds by removing Moses out of the picture altogether. Moses says, who am I? God says, I am the great I am. And so we're a lot like Moses. The Bible is our burning bush. It's this faithful declaration of the presence and the holiness of God. And we're asking it to tell us about ourselves. And all the while, it is telling us about the great I am. Man, we, we think that if it would just tell us who we are, we think that if the Bible would tell us what we should do, then all of our fears would go away. All of our insecurities will go away. All of our doubts will go away. All of our problems would go away. But our insecurities and our fears and our doubts can never be banished by the knowledge of who we are. They can only be banished by the knowledge of the great I am. Amen. 
when we come to the Bible, we got to train our eyes, we got to train our ears to hear God's declaration of himself. Don't get me wrong, the Bible tells us who we are. The Bible tells us what we should do, but it does it through the lens of who God is. So when I read that God is long-suffering, I realize I am not long-suffering. And when I read that God is slow to anger, I'm quick to know that I am quick to anger. When I read that God is just, I realize that I am unjust. When I read that God is holy, I realize how unholy I am. When I read about a God who is so high and lifted up, it reveals my sin to me. And it leads me to repentance and it increases my love for him. You see, the Bible is a book about God. Moses would learn during the Exodus that who he was bore no impact on the, on the situation. But who God was made all the difference. So now when you and I, when we approach the Bible, we need to ask this one question. What is this passage teaching me about God? This morning we're going to respond differently than we normally do. Uh, when you came in and, and maybe in your Bible reading plan, there's a card that looks like this. This is a Bible reading promise card. And if the Holy Spirit has been stirring in your heart to make some commitments, then we want to help you be successful in that. And so you can fill this card by putting your name and your email and filling, filling out both sides of what you're committing to this morning. The long side is the side that you can place here in one of these baskets here at the altar. And the short side is for you to keep as a bookmark or as a reminder of the decisions that you make today in terms of your Bible reading decisions. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, number one, commit to a time. Commit to a time that you'll be able to read the Bible. Commit to a time that you're going to listen to the Bible. And number two, commit to the same place where you're going to read. Is it on the sofa? Is it in your favorite chair? Is it in bed before you go to bed? Is it in the car? Is it at your desk? Commit to the same place where you're going to read your Bible. And then you could put a check mark beside, I want to join a group and read through the Bible in one year. And if you do that, we will get you plugged into a group that will read together and check in daily through text and email. This isn't going to be a physical group that meets together, just a group that's digitally meeting. I will get you plugged into that. And number four, if you're already in a group reading through the Bible, you can check that last box. And so this morning, Tim is going to lead us in worship. And you can take your time filling these out, and you can drop them here at the altars at the basket. I'm going to ask the prayer team if you would join me here. And today, if you need prayer 
The altars are open for you. If you need a healing, we want to believe that the Lord is going to heal you. And we want to pray and believe for a healing for you. At the end of the day, we want to be a church who reads the Bible so that we would think and act differently, so that we would be conformed to the image of God. Tim, would you lead us?